0: In this episode, I'm gonna go back, back in time, 12 months to a guest appearance I did on Ben Amos' show called Engage Video Marketing. Ben Amos is a fellow video marketer in Queensland, which is a completely different state of Australia. He's been going a long time, but he's been going even longer with his podcast, way longer. He's been started, I think, in 2017, and he's just had some rock star guests, some rock star content pumping out. And you know what? It's really great that we could come together while he was interviewing me, and we flipped this podcast video marketing legend around a little bit it's kind of nice that we do share the same common interests and that is to educate the market we see the gap in people's understanding around video marketing and there's a real driver to continually get good quality relevant and useful information to the right people in the right hands. so let's cross over to ben amos and engage video marketing podcast
1: My guest today is Chris Schwager, an inbound video marketing specialist at Ridge Films and a frequent speaker at industry events. Since 2002, Chris has advised leading corporate organisations, government and small businesses to maximise their video marketing potential. He started as a video director over 20 years ago, broadening to feature films and video presenting. His latest viral video on swim survival reached 4 million Facebook fans in the first year. So as I mentioned in this episode, I'm going to be picking Chris's brain about how we can help our clients or be more confident on camera or how we can show up more confidently on camera as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the shift that businesses has made in 2020 towards needing to do more business via video conference and via online tools. And where are people struggling with this? It's not as easy as doing business face to face. I think that you'll agree with me. And we really explore this concept further. And Chris also shares some pretty important but actually very simple tips to help you conduct your next Zoom session or video call, or even record your next video for social media or for internal communications more confidently on camera. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Chris Schwager from Ridge Films. Chris Schwager, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Listen, I've seen you popping up in various places over the last couple of years, to be honest, Um, particularly in LinkedIn, but also just in the world of video marketing around Australia. And you're doing some great stuff. So I I had to have you on the show and I'm looking forward to our conversation. But, But for people that haven't come across you before or seen you in various places, tell us who is Chris and what do you do?
0: Do you want the one minute version or the three minute version? I'll give me the... One-and-a-half-minute version, Chris. <laughs> okay, so, look, youngest of eight children, grew up in an affluent family in the southern region of the Southern Shire, a very um, Christian Catholic family with good morals and values, with an undertone of bullying and, and racism, I found, over the years um, – The Being the youngest of eight made attention, getting attention early, very important, Um, particularly the attention of my parents who were preoccupied with seven other children. So that was always part of my life. I was introduced to video very early. VHS tape was one of the ways that I consume video, and it was entertainment. It was watching movies. It was watching long-form content. I didn't have aspirations to be a video marketer at age five, but I followed what was very convenient for me what i like to do i wasn't uh, much of an academic and i started to fall out in in academia and really follow what i felt was the right thing to do i read napoleon hill's uh think and grow rich that changed my opinion about about education about the, where i was positioned in the world at about age 18 in my final year of school where i produced a year 12 High school video, and it was the start of my entrepreneurial career. And from there, it was short films, feature films, and learning out of a education system that probably could have been pretty good to me. But I was prepared to take the the risk, take the journey because I was following people like Francis Ford Coppola and you know Zemeckis and and all these wonderful directors. And I fell in love with the journey. I fell in love. I was passionate about the journey. I was incredibly passionate about their journey. And yet, I needed to go through the trenches in order to have some kind of a story to tell at the end. So it was a rocky start, if you like, but by 2002, I had uh, started Ridge Films and it was purely trying to find out whether it was going to be entertainment, short films, feature films... Mm -hmm or corporate videos was going to be the direction and we just started to really buckle down and, and find what was going to be a paid audience and there was no guarantee of that in, in cinema and so we, for that reason, invested all of our energy into the world of corporate videos and, and video marketing.
1: I'm interested to explore and put, just pull you back on. You mentioned there, uh, you know, high school a high school film project that kind of kicked off your entre- entrepreneurial journey. What was that moment like of... of- producing your first pieces of video content, whether it was that high school video or whatever it was, that first piece of video content that you started to think to yourself, you know, this is something that I want to explore further. Take us back there.
0: Yeah, look, I, I didn't like the regime of school, quite frankly. You know, if we look at what the root cause was, it was, the problem was I was bored and I needed an outlet. And that outlet was music. I played, you know, piano by ear. I was kind of into the arts and video and it was just so i mean back in the vhs days it was like prehistoric about you know how you would assemble and construct any kind of video right so it was very manual labor hands-on you had to make decisions about what the next cut was going to be so from the perspective of you know using that as a foundational layer for where I am today, I think it was incredibly valuable. It was wonderfully rewarding when I ended up with a you know a thirty minute high school video of just all the best shit quite frankly of of year twelve. It was just a fun thing to do without really knowing it. started my entrepreneurial career at that point because i you know labeled them up I marketed it i, I had sold them and you know um, got them out there and so that was the first time I realized that maybe a business doing this might be the logical next step and then as I left school I was getting into more creative stuff so investigating and exploring the world of short films you know and then there was a whole new level of passion that came out of that because I think there there was there was script and there was message and there was story associated with that and and I think that that changed the game again and and there was this new skill set I had to kind of Uh, understand I realized that the stories I was telling not everybody really cared that much about as as I did and I started to really see that theme in others that had gone through the creative you know deciding to mortgage their house to go and create feature films. The same kind of thing was happening. They were falling in love with the opportunity of fame or the opportunity of being able to finally tell their story without fully understanding whether there was actually an audience there to consume it. And so for that reason, I buckled down into video marketing because I knew that there was going to be a paid audience who were going to watch and, they were, and we were going to you know, reap the rewards of our efforts.
1: Awesome. I'm really interested to explore that transition because it's a very similar story to my own and something I've shared quite a bit here on this podcast and, and also share this story with a number of listeners and a number of other video producers that I've that I've met over the years where we're where battling businesses doing video for video's sake, where they're creating content for purely the creativity or for what they feel that they need to be saying without really pulling it back first to a strategic approach of who do they need to actually speak to and what do those people want to hear from them right knowing your audience so you you've, you've talked about that noticing that shift and you know how has that changed the way that you approach things at Ridge Films
0: now well well, f- for starters I think you're, you're absolutely bang on that video for video sake kind of phrase, it still happens now. So in 20 years of business, that inquiry still exists. That type of lack of understanding uh, still exists. And, And people often try and communicate in a language they think fits us. And what we realized about five or six years ago was that majority of our customers weren't able to formulate a brief. They weren't able to actually put anything down uh, that was presentable to why they actually needed video in the first place. So we needed to make it our responsibility to make sure that we built the, that brief pretty much for every single client that we were bringing on. And then that gave good clarity around how to then put a proposal together and take it downstream through creative and all that. So there is a huge undertaking of getting the this Australian market, particularly now in a COVID world, to understand some of the basics and also what's coming. It's off the charts, you know. Um, synchronous video in the last six months up eighty six percent. We've got pre-recorded content up fifty five percent. There is just loads of content being made, and and the quality, you know, is questionable. Um, we surveyed last six months um, people on whether they think that the way that people present themselves within Zoom calls and synchronous style video is as good as it could be. And 84% of them came back and said, no way, it isn't. It it, it isn't. So uh, this year is like our training. It's our training for what's going to come next year. Uh, More clarity around how to do virtual events and pre-recorded video for that, more understanding about how to improve and differentiate in the synchronous space of video calls, the videos and emails. It's going to be a lot of exciting things to come and it's not all centered around professional video marketing. This is often going to be the way that people communicate in this new world to be able to get them in front of the people that they ordinarily were once in front of. But now these guys don't want to talk to them anymore. They need to be finding new ways, new and creative ways to get in front and to be valuable in the way that they communicate via video.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's explore that idea further because I think for everyone listening, they recognize the shift that's happened thanks to coronavirus, but also this shift has been happening in various ways and probably slower than it was that it has now. Um, As a result of the pandemic, the way that people are using video, not just in, in marketing and advertising and campaigns, but all the way through communication and the way we're doing business, well, the way we're living life, right? So, you know, I'm having Zoom calls with my, my grandmother, you know, so the way we're living life is changing and has been changing. It's been sped up now. So let's talk about where do people really struggle with this though? Because you talked about the quality of these types of video messages, these video calls is probably not where it could be. Is that where it, is that as far as it goes or where are people struggling? What are the barriers that people are having to overcome as we move into doing business this way?
0: Well, I, I've we've, my assistants been able to formulate a little list here of things out of the, the survey that we had and I'll just go off, I'll rattle off about half a dozen here. So being on a video call, a sales call, where the recipient has not switched on their camera, um, background noise, angle, workspace and background, lighting, wardrobe, internet speed, confidence in front of the camera, lack of preparation, lack of effort, low engagement, all of these things are the pain points that we're, that the average person is experiencing now. So whilst the time improvements and efficiency improvements in some cases for people going into this synchronous video call not leaving their office not leaving their home sort of space it's uh, also inherited some new challenges that within you know this year and next year i think they've really got to start considering and i say this hand on heart because i believe that the better that they start doing these things the better cut through that they're going to have you know if they're using video really cleverly and using it in a way that is helpful and useful and reminding themselves that this is not about just producing the video this is about the recipient at the other end and what they feel as a result of watching you and whether they've acted quicker they've moved to the decision quicker they've signed up they've bought whatever it might be i think once people start to see that video really works effectively in that in that way that they'll start to take it more seriously and start to adopt new practices in a video marketing you know live broadcast sort of environment and and uh, get uh, start to you know really um, take it on as a as a new skill set and build that media channel that they've probably wanted to do for many many years. Going back to your original question, the the number one pain point I believe for people either in a professional or a non professional uh, sense in terms of. In terms of what has been their number one pain point, I believe that it is still presenting on camera, inheriting some basic skills that are going to improve their confidence, improve ability to connect with people without those constant self-barriers that are stopping them from getting those skills efficiently. There's been so many stories I've heard of people spending you know, eight hours to produce a 45-second video or whatever, and it sucks. I don't believe that, you know, the trial and error thing for people, for instance, reading from teleprompter and reading scripts and trying to connect with their audience is necessarily the right way to go. I don't know anybody that doesn't benefit from having outside help. By having guidance from somebody, not you, not your wife, <laughs> can actually really help expedite that whole process and getting them into this space quicker
1: it's an interesting thing isn't it that people people tend not to second guess how they're presenting themselves face to face you know if you if you're a professional you're in a sales meeting or a networking event. I mean yes we put consideration to it maybe we consider what we're wearing you know how we're presenting ourselves but we don't tend to beat ourselves up or overthink it I mean it's something obviously that we've done all our lives right but simply taking that same concept and doing it on camera completely flips the way that people think about that. So people freeze up and they overthink things or they, um, over rehearse or overproduce or their monkey mind starts kicking in and all these kind of things happen. So how can people overcome this? You know, I know you've had a lot of experience helping people with video confidence on camera. So,
0: share some tips with us. Well, first of all, what you've just described is people living in an unconscious behavior and realizing that sucks on camera. Your brain lies to you, the camera doesn't. Now, when I'm trying to tell people that, you know, 80% of the way that they communicate is through body language alone, that the importance of smiling and force smiling on camera is going to be the quickest way to to get past that hurdle and get on to what's more important, you know, and that is communicating that message and getting clarity and diction and, and making sure that the message is on the mark. But, yeah, like the number one thing that people don't understand is they, they stand on the mark. They, they have the lights and the, the mic and the camera and the teleprompter in front of them, and the first thing that suffers is their inability to, to at least just have one basic function, and that is smile smile. Wow. What a long way it goes. And they realize very, very quickly because on-camera training for us, it's a very practical exercise. They're in the studio. They go through the process. It's not you know, a lot of chit chat. It's like lots of, let's record, let's watch it back. Let's record, let's watch it back. And I'm going to give you everything I've got in terms of skills and tools in the next 90 minutes to help you get to where you need to go. And why it's so important in advance of filming videos is because people get to effectively rehearse, but they also get to overcome some limiting beliefs and some phobias that they may have. The majority of people do have these phobias. Oh, I can't talk, I stutter, I can't read properly, I don't look right. And we work all that out in the 90 minutes so that when it comes time to filming, all we're doing is putting some makeup on, fluffing up their hair or whatever, and picking up from where we left off. And all of these things that all of these unknowns are wiped out, and now it's about connection. Now it's about making sure that they are delivering with the right amount of empathy or tone or to, to make sure that they um, hit the mark. But that idea that they're, they're going to spend 60 minutes recording their, their video and still going through the trenches of, of this self-doubt and not knowing where it's going to work, that's, that's all Behind them, such a valuable asset. We've we've been doing it for many many years, and it's part of all of our products. So you buy a video, that's what you get as part of it. What would you say to that that person that
1: always hates the way they look on camera or the way that their voice sounds? And you know, it's a common thing that people uh, fear, and they're also very self critical and self judgmental of how they come across. And maybe they will even push themselves to record a video, and then they'll watch it back, and they'll be like, no. not using it, terrible, I'm awful, and everyone around them is saying, no, you're fine, it's great, you know, don't be so, have you come across this before?
0: Oh, the market doesn't give a shit how you look and sound, quite frankly, you give a shit, but, you know, they're they're watching it back. I get to a point where I make a very strong point when when we're filming, saying, you watch this back now, I am ready to sign off on that take, are you? And they're kind of like looking at me and I said, you got to realize I'm not coming in here to reshoot this. Are you all in on this take? You know, and and they they commit to it. I suppose what's nice about the on-camera training f- for this reason as well is you try and get them to understand that this is not all about them. You know, if they actually go back to why they're producing video in the first place, it's to simplify, improve their engagement, articulate something that's pretty difficult get clear on their message and it's a whole bunch of reasons why they're doing it if they let their image get in the way of that i think they may as well go and find another activity because this is just not the right thing for them but anybody obviously that's coming to us is prepared to take some leap and i think by having that nurturing and guiding and sherpa like approach to to the performance it's gonna it helps them to to just build that confidence and understand that look at worst case, somebody sees your video, you know, it's one video, do you know, what I mean, until you start doing a high abundance of content, um, you know, don't sweat it, man, put it out into the universe and see what comes of it.
1: I think that's great advice and I think it's also important to recognize that it's not about you. You know, we mentioned this before. You're creating that content to to achieve something, to do something, to communicate something to someone. And then like you said, that audience doesn't care about necessarily how you're presenting as long as you're doing it in a way that's authentic, that is you, you know, that you are being yourself, not some fake version of yourself. And naturally, people, people stumble over words. People don't nail a script word for word unless you're a brilliant orator. You know, I'm not. Absolutely. I've been podcasting for 160-something episodes, and I'm constantly stumbling over what I'm saying. doesn't stop me putting it out
0: there. And I think businesses are probably starting to catch on now that, you know, historically, we... we- didn't do very well digitally with humanization. You know, websites and email and SMS marketing probably in particular are not human. And we know that people gravitate towards faces in the buying decision, that you know, human interactions are still a way people prefer to do business, and yet we deny our customers. We deny the people that we work work with that privilege purely because we have maybe some barriers, or we just don't have the ingenuity to be able to implement videos so that it is sustainable for this reason. But now the, the landscape's changing. People are inquisitive about how to sell in a COVID world, how to use remote videos and uh, videos in email within the pre-sales phase of their business. And they're looking for advantages. And we just love it. We just love it because i mean video is everywhere right like video is everything and everywhere we're just at the start of this journey like we are at the start because i believe that australia is still behind you know four or five years behind the states and what they've done and what a lot of the things that they've implemented but i think um, like all of these digital technologies that we inherited over the last 20 years video is still going to be that next thing you're going to have to learn. You know, Don't assume that because you buy some equipment that you're going to instantly figure out how to start video marketing. We've realized that when people have come to us about the DIY program and the DIY studio and all that, and they said, oh, but I've got a DSLR camera. And I was like, what does that mean? You, like you've, you've bought some gear, so what? Do you know what you're doing? Are you able to do it so it's sustainable, fast, you can you can execute it virtually without even thinking about what you're doing? You need to get a system and a process in place that enables that sustainability, that enables you to connect with your audience and be systematic about it. Otherwise, it's just going to be a fad.
1: Yeah, and critically there, it's not just about knowing what you're doing, but why you're doing it, you know? Like, I think as content creation becomes more easier it becomes democratized and it's increasingly democratized you know people are you know getting equipment they're equipping themselves with ability to produce content in-house in-house production teams are you know commonplace Are becoming more commonplace within larger organizations and That just means that there's more and more content being created. But if it's been created without knowing why, without having a strategic understanding of of not only what to do but why you're doing it and how to use it once you've got it, then it's potentially just back to what we said before. Video for video's sake and just noise at the end of the day, right? And there's enough, there's enough noise out there.
0: There's a lot of wastage as well. We saw wastage happening a lot in the professional top end of, of town, you know, years ago, where people would pr- spend t- 10 grand on a video and because the CEO's tie wasn't straight or the message wasn't right or there was just, just the ducks didn't line up in the video and therefore, you know, it's pulled based on, in some cases, ego. Not necessarily, you know, for any other reason, but, you know, um, we see wastage. And by wastage, I mean, if you're not repurposing and looking for ways to extend the life of your content and be repetitious about how you approach the market with it, I think you are missing opportunities. You know, we have content on social media that we really do our best to try and circulate it every quarter, you know. Somebody tell us that they've watched this three times. Stop playing that. You know, you guys, all you do is repeat your content. Somebody tell me I'm doing the wrong thing here because... They're not going to. Exactly right. So if it's still fresh to the people that have just never saw it on that particular day, then it's still relevant. It's still purposeful. And I have this saying in our workshop, you know, assume nobody watches it. Assume that and always keep it at the forefront of all your communication you know by wastage i mean you know there's been companies i've known the in-house video guys for big organizations that have done how-to videos across a full youtube channel full-on man these guys are you know going at it all the time and and i said well that sounds great man like those videos sound great like what's the problem he says our sales team don't even know they exist Video can't just be at a marketing level. It can't just be for the, you know, the, the one little sales thing. It's got to be incorporated at an organizational level and everybody needs to be in on it. Do you know what I mean? And they need to know that video is available for consumers, available for help videos, available there. They need to be thinking about how they embed it in emails and incorporate it in so that they're really leveraging the investment. You know, it's all about ROI.
1: And I think you know what you're getting out there is that companies need to consider their their video content as a, as an asset, you know, a library of content as an asset for a business that can be used over the long term and not simply just a campaign. You know, like mm. a campaign is something that's got a start and an end date. Then that's like f- shelve that one and let's think about the next thing we're going to make. That's not the way it should be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And. I met with a firm yesterday and they'd done a lot of videos with us and they really need to revamp and refresh their, their brand. They were just basically saying, you know, we're still not getting leads. We're still not getting what we need. And I was like, well, what sales are you doing? What marketing are you doing? Like, yes, you've got some video and you've got a repolished website. Whatever. What else are you doing? They're like, nothing. And I was like, you can't do nothing. You must have marketing, and arguably they are doing something. If they're picking up the phone, they're marketing, right? But there needs to be some kind of plan in place, some kind of strategy in place to be thinking of new and fresh ways to engage and entice your audience. It's not just, well, I tried to phone him three times, and and then it just went cold. I was like, did they say no? And I said, no, they didn't say no. And I was like, well, why don't you make yes your goal, right? Until then, keep trying, brother. Try new things. I've learned recently email marketing has a 20% open rate in its lifetime over SMS at 60% in the first two minutes. But now we're looking at SMS as an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and what have you because it's there, it's in people's pocket and they're more inclined to open it and, and to understand if it's. they know it's going to be a very short message. And now whether they reply or not, they got it. You know, you could nearly guarantee they got that message. And I think so a lot of the time, you know, people think, oh, well, they didn't consume the entire video or they didn't consume that video or whatever you know, it's it's trickles of touch points of digital assets, of video assets. It's not one video is going to do everything for everyone for all of time. You need to start looking at new ways to have bite-sized video communication, to have that out to your market continually circulating and working for you while you sleep.
1: 100% agree with everything that you said there. Cast your mind into the future. Grab out your crystal ball and Tell me where do you think we're going in this space you know we've talked about a bit of what's changed recently and, and where we're going in the immediate kind of 12 months maybe but where, where do you see this space going in the next three to five years?
0: more personalized video people will be smarter about how they message those videos, where they sit within their uh, the function of their business we're seeing huge amounts of value producing Unique one-off videos. Hi, Ben. Thanks so much for your inquiry. I'd love to work with more digital agencies. Thank you so much. I can't get to your uh, call right now, but I'd really like you to click on the link in this email, schedule a 15-minute video call, and let's catch up because I'm super pumped to, to learn about your inquiry. Just that video, you know, goes for 30 seconds, is personalised and is just for you, is already yielding more affirmative results. You know, people are like, oh, well, I booked quicker. Um, You know, we've had the, like most of our proposals, they all have to be sold internally up the chain to the decision-maker at some point. And so to make that process easier, we don't let let our contact just get stuck with a proposal without some kind of explanation. We put a couple-minute of video together walking through the prop and making sure that the person that sees that has real clarity on what they're getting and why it's priced the way it is and so that as well it's working because you're being the sherpa you're guiding them to the outcome ultimately that you want for them but you know the days of sticking your prop in an email and sending it off and then following up a couple of days later with a phone call a uh, probably going to be numbered because you know when you go back to the root cause here it's attention deficit has killed people's motivation to investigate you if it's not clear and it's not easy for them you're a tab away from the next guy you know i say tab like website tab right yeah it's it's just that's the way that people are operating now is very they just want to make it easy they want to make it fast they want the decision for them they're looking for somebody to be able to facilitate that so certainly more personalized videos and companies are going to get smarter about what videos are for where and why they exist and i think once they start to realize that video is not about viewership it's not about going viral it's not about you know just being creative for the sake of it it's it's about being purposeful and useful particularly in areas of their business that they suffer the most pain from you know like All of our sales drop out here. Hey, don't you think that's a great reason to invest in video to try and alleviate that objection? That's going to be exciting times, you know, I think for a lot of businesses. And those that adopt it now early, they'll really get a a huge advantage particularly in a world where if you're not humanising and putting a face to this proposition, I think you're going to be at a disadvantage. So always be more human, show that they're not just a number, show a bit of love, take a bit of care in what you're doing and reap the rewards.
1: So what you're saying is the future is the way life's always been. Humans connect with humans,
0: right? And people connect with authenticity. Exactly. And we're going back to where things were pre-websites. Do you know what I mean? To a more human engagement. And it's just going to have to be video. It's just going to have to be in this digital landscape now because we are restricted by how much one-on-one face-to-face social interaction we can handle. So look for video innovations, man, because they are the future. Love it awesome place to wrap up this interview.
1: Hey, Chris, thanks for sharing your wisdom and insight with the listeners today. But if people want to connect further and maybe reach out to you and or follow some of the content that you share as well, uh, where's the
0: best place for people to head? Well, I don't want to be in competition, but maybe just go over, sneak over, have a listen to Video Legend. It's a little tw- twiny, tiny weeny podcast, nothing like yours, but a little podcast that we've just started. We're at a, into our 20s episodes now. Go over and have a bit of a listen. Do it. Um, and please connect with me on LinkedIn. Look, I'm very, I'm all over it, you know, so lots of things going on, workshops and DIY programs and all a whole bunch of stuff that you can engage with. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Chris Schwager. Chris Schroger, I guess. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh, We'll have the links to everything, including the Video Legends podcast, because you're listening to this, you are a podcast listener, and you love video marketing as much as we do. So add that to your listening dial, as some people say. They'll be in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 163, 163. Um, Chris, this has been fun. We'll um, have to get you back on the show sometime.
0: Ben, I just want to say thank you. It's been a privilege to come on. It's great to finally connect with a fellow comrade in the video marketing space. And hopefully what I've said is of some value to your audience. 100%. Thanks for coming on.